Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I would like to spend some time talking about the Blue Demons. That's right. DePaul finds itself 8-0 with a huge game coming up Wednesday night at Trust Arena against Texas Tech. And... If you listen to the podcast I did a, a couple weeks ago about you know what if DePaul is good, I'm going to go over some of that stuff with you today. But the team's gotten off to an 8-0 start. And I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm super excited as of yet. Like, I'm not completely there yet. But... I'm starting to get there. I'm starting to get there because we continue to see growth from some of the players. And I I don't mean to go all Barry Horowitz on you, but I'm a huge fan of Paul Reed's game. And I have been since he stepped on campus. And his first two years, I felt like he was kind of finding himself. And now I feel like he really has blossomed into a player that is going to get a lot of looks now from NBA people because he already has the, the NBA body and he seems to have, he he seems to have now added in all of the stuff that goes along with being an NBA prospect. And that's great to see like so far on the year, you start looking at the numbers that he's put together. It has been really impressive. He's shooting 61% from the floor He's making 43% of his three-pointers. He can be a little bit better of a foul shooter. That would be great. But averaging 10 rebounds a game and averaging 15 points a game, pretty doggone special. To see Paul Reed off to this type of start. And their team now that looks like they're, this is as deep as of a DePaul team as I can remember in the last 15 years. And that, that'll take us back to Lato getting the team into the tournament in his first time with DePaul. And you now have people starting to say, hey, you know, maybe DePaul can find itself in the NCAA tournament again this year. They've got four players. And yes, this is non-conference play. And I'm always a little bit skeptical about non-conference play. But four players who are averaging 10 points or more on the squad. And speaking of more, Charlie Moore has just been... I don't know what you do, what you even say about a kid who's averaging 17 points and what seven assists a game so far. He has really changed the way that DePaul looks on the floor, and it's great when when you have local kids. I'm let me let me make sure I say this properly. Look, I'm one of these people that doesn't think you have to have local kids to be a a team that is competitive. And Paul Reed's from Florida. So their best player is not from here, although Charlie Moore is making a real push to be the best player on the team. But it's nice when you do have players who are from the area who decide to stay, and they're good. And Charlie Moore, he's got that baby face. He's got those little cheeks. But that guy is an assassin, man. 
you watch him play. What DePaul has missed, in my opinion, over the last few years, as Lato came back and they're rebuilding, they've missed players with feel, like a good feel for the game. They've had players that were talented. They've had players who could do some cool stuff, but there there doesn't there didn't seem to be a lot of players that understood situational basketball as well as this team understands it so far seeing him succeed and being a kid who was at Morgan Park and people saw at Morgan Park as as a as an, a player that had a chance to to be special so special that he got recruited to go to Kansas it just changes things for for a guy that for a guy to come in and have that type of feel and that type of impact immediately is really really impressive because sometimes it takes guys a while to get used to the new environment and the change of scenery and a new coach and a new style but what they've been missing for the longest time has been guys with feel and the fact that he's played in 70 games, whether it was at Cal or at Kansas, maybe that that plays a role in it. The moment doesn't seem too big for him, and I like that. It doesn't hurt that he's running point for you, too, that the player with feel is the player who has the ball in his hands the most. I hope that he feels comfortable here because it would be nice to, to have him for a couple of years, considering how well he played uh, both at Cal and at Kansas. And sometimes it's a, it's about a fit. And I know that that sometimes when you look at transfer players, people will be like, I don't like transfer players. I'm okay with transfer players. I know what I, I felt like as an 18 or 19-year-old and all the places that I wanted to go or thought I wanted to go until I I ended up at DePaul. And sometimes you're just looking for the right fit. I remember the process of before going to college, the different places that I applied to and visited and the places like, oh, this is be where I'm going to go, and then saying, no, I don't like it. So I understand kind of the mercurial nature of students Hopefully, Charlie Moore has found himself a, a, a home. Now, I went to the, the game a few weeks ago. I went to go check him out because I wanted to see, like, for myself what was going on with this squad and, and what they, they looked like. And I was impressed that, that I got the chance to, to watch a DePaul team do some cool stuff. Like, that, that was exciting. And, you know, it was cool since I'm doing the – the podcast from here, I can actually like do some stuff as far as production goes. I was here, I was at the Wintrust Arena for this. Boss fakes a three from the corner, drives across the paint, gives inside Dixon, shot blocked by Ongenta. Dixon comes up with the ball, blocked by Ongenta again, and the ball is knocked out of bounds. Last touch by Cornell, the ball ball. Zach is amazing. I'll have more on him coming up in a second, but I was at the, the Cornell game and I sat courtside because you know it's a Saturday. Students were getting ready for finals because DePaul's on quarter system. I was sitting behind Stephen Bardo and Jeff Levering, who were doing the broadcast on Fox, so I kind of got the best of both worlds. I was able to see what 
the replays looked like on television, and I was able to to watch the game and kind of get a feel for the game myself. And I was like, okay, they they took care of business against a team that they should beat against Cornell. What would they do when the competition stepped up a little bit? And quite honestly, it was a little bit scary watching them. I didn't know much about Central Michigan other than I knew that Central Michigan scored a whole lot of points. I knew that they had come into the game against DePaul having scored a ton of points. And I kept being worried that after DePaul had beaten Iowa on the road, after they had then gone on and won the game against Cornell, that maybe this team was feeling itself a little bit. People were starting to talk about DePaul. And I looked up, and at the half, they were down, I think, 50-32 to in that game against Central Michigan. I was like, oh, that's the DePaul team that I recognize. And then they started to come back. Rebound, Lopez for the Demons. Into the hands of Moore. DePaul can take the lead. Inside pass. Reed, layup, got it. Demons on top. They've rallied from 18 down and lead 61-60 to with 11.38 to go here in the second half against Central Michigan. <laughs> it's hard for me to not laugh at how wonderful Zach is as a play-by-play guy for DePaul. He is so much fun. I miss doing the games with him. Uh, he's so much fun, and he's got so much energy. And I can tell you, having sat next to him for hundreds of games, that at that moment he had both palms on the table, and he wasn't quite standing, but he was almost standing when he makes that call for DePaul to take the lead in the game against Central Michigan. So that was a, a that was an important step because you become used to DePaul not winning those games and you become used to DePaul having those moments, those slip-ups in non-conference play that are a lot of times inexcusable, but they rallied and then ended up winning that game. And that, that brings us to the game against Minnesota, a true road game. Uh, a, a road game at a place with weird shooting sight lines. I mean, those – I I hate the elevated courts. I, can I just say that? I really hate them. I think it's dangerous. I think that it looks weird. I don't think that the sight lines are great. I remember being at the Final Four in Atlanta, was that seven years ago? And I, I was like, man, I don't like this. I just don't think that it – and Minnesota is known for their elevated floor. It's kind of a, a thing that they do. And that game went back and forth. And look, I don't know if Minnesota was going to win the Big Ten, but the fact that the, that DePaul has now gone on the road to two Big Ten venues and won two games, it's got me a little bit more excited than I expected to be at this point in the season. To me, non-conference schedule says win 10 games. Win 10 games. And then if you go 500 in the conference, you're probably going to make the NCAA tournament, especially a conference that can be as competitive as the Big East can. And you start looking around, you see Marcus Howard is still doing Marcus Howard type stuff up at Marquette. But watching that game Friday, I got back from from work on Friday and I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm going to pay close attention to what's happening with, with DePaul in this game. And, and watching the performance that you got in that game from those guys was incredible. 
Paul Reed had seven blocks in that game. He was unreal. And when they needed defense the most, you saw him stepping out and guarding guards. You saw him controlling the paint, getting back on defense. It was great. And Charlie Moore's performance in that game was spectacular. 21 points, 12 assists for him in that game. Uh, another example of of him not looking like like it was an overwhelming moment for him. It just made me really because well, you know, Friday was an emotional day. Like it was Tony's last show. I was emotional. I wanted to take a nap, but I didn't because DePaul kept me entertained. It was eight blocks for you. I didn't give him credit for that last one. Eight blocks for him. 21 points and 12 assists for Charlie Moore. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know how the polls are going to go. By the time you read this, maybe they read this. By the time you listen to this, maybe the polls will be out. But I think at least, at the very least, DePaul will be in the others getting votes category. And I, I'd be shocked if they keep this up. I, it would be, it would suck if they weren't at least in that category, and they should be in the top 25. They've legitimately gone on the road and beat two big team, two Big Ten teams. Now they have a big test coming up. Oh wait, wait! Since I since I got the highlights here, let me explain to you what it sounded like when they did beat the second Big Ten team on the road. The inbounds pass by Demir, and the Demons have done it. They stay perfect on the season. DePaul beats Minnesota seventy-three to sixty-eight. The Blue Demons have won eight consecutive games for the first time since the 1993-94 season. How does this sound? Eight and zero. Eight and zero sounds great. And on top of that, DePaul hasn't been eight and zero since the 1986-87 season. So think about that. They have a big game coming up against Texas Tech on Wednesday night, and I'm debating whether or not I'm going to watch that game in person or if I'm going to watch that game from home because I'm already stressing out about it. A win against Texas Tech, I think, really legitimizes them. I think people will get super excited about DePaul, and considering the way things have gone with winter sports in Chicago, it, it, it would be helpful. Tell you, It would be nice to be able to turn my attention to something else I was explaining to it's funny because Paul Reed was actually in a class that I spoke to at DePaul a few weeks ago. My guy Joe Riley teaches a class there and he was in it and I was they had asked me about becoming a sports fan and I was explaining how DePaul was the gateway drug like that was my first love like I remember like that's my first like memory of like watching sports. We're watching DePaul teams in the late 70s and early 80s be incredible and I was trying to explain to the students because they have no idea they don't remember these kids are 18 years old they were born in 2000 you know they're they don't they don't remember this stuff explaining to them that during that time the Bulls were not the Bulls that DePaul was the basketball team in town now I don't think that it'll ever get back to the levels that it was that made it so that DePaul had to move out to the Rosemont horizon and they were getting 19,000 people at games. But if they're, 
I think that what DePaul can succeed at is considering the way that Chicago is a city filled with alums of other schools. You have your Illini fans. I don't know if they'll come over, but you have your Illini fans and your UIC people and your Michigan State folks and Iowa people. You have all these different places that have a and a built-in allegiance to whomever their alma mater was. I feel DePaul can take that spot as their second team. That team that they're that represents Chicago. And people love being and about Chicago. Similar to what Loyola did. I don't think it'll take people as long with Loyola because of the brand name of DePaul and because there are a lot of DePaul fans that have been hiding in the weeds and they're going to start puffing their chest out pretty soon. But with Loyola, it wasn't until my show was paying attention to what Porter Moser had done that year, but it wasn't until the Valley tournament where people were like, oh, they're good. And then they go on that run and they end up in the final four. And I'm glad that they did it because I think it put pressure on everyone else, especially DePaul. Um, But I think with DePaul, a win against Texas Tech, a lot of people are going to open their eyes and be like, oh, might be time to go finally check out the Win Trust to go see a game there and what that's like. I was happy to see that the the atmosphere there for the last couple of games has been hot. That Central Michigan game in particular. It'll be interesting now because the students are on break. DePaul's on quarters. So you don't have that built-in student stuff, but maybe some of them who are local will start coming to games during winter break. And maybe people who are in the city now realize that the games aren't out in Rosemont and they can go watch DePaul play quality opponents at the Wintrust Arena. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm stressed about the whole thing. But I do appreciate you listening. Um, I, I'll Maybe I'll have some thoughts on it on Thursday after it's over. I believe Dave Lato is going to be on the radio show on Monday. And we'll get his thoughts on all of this stuff. But it's nice. An undefeated DePaul team at this point with good wins. Not just bum slaying, but some good quality road wins. Feels pretty great. Thanks for listening to Loho Daily. I'll have something cool for you tomorrow.